Welcome to you and your money. I'm Brian Hurst. This evening we are focusing once again on healthcare. Working South Africa's inflation rates have been very much under control. This simply is because all of them who have debt due to housing bonds or motor car finance have not had any increases in rates other than in December for nearly three years. It's been a big advantage for them. Obviously, pensions on the other hand have struggled with higher inflation and lower interest rates. This is about to change in 2022 as interest rates globally are raised and the same happens in South Africa. There are views that interest rates can rise by a quarter percent every quarter this year, that's 1% for this year, and even possibly a further 1% in 2022-3. This will put enormous strain on working South Africans as more of the take-home pay will go to help, have to go to help them finance debt. It's also unlikely that there are going to be big tax savings given in the budget. With less money in their pocket, their medical aid costs become much more significant in their overall expense budget. And joining this evening is Clayton Samsudin, Group CEO of Phoenix FSG. Clayton, once again, really good to have you on the show with me. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah. My first comment on how customers can cut back on their medical aids without jeopardising cover now that we're in the new year. I mean, I know that we spoke a lot about having to restructure, and we'll talk about that again, restructure their medical aids before the end of last year. But now that we're in, and people not realising that their debt costs are going to rise, they may have to start restructuring due to the year. Are they able to do that? Yes, they are. Thank you, Brian. So I think firstly we've got to understand that uh, there are, has been uh, significant surpluses generated by medical schemes and that translates into a completely change in the member utilization patterns all caused because of the pandemic so obviously people are claiming less and by claiming less they have to re-evaluate the utilization they have to check are they appropriately covered can i just stop you there yeah we talked about medical aids having solvency margins yeah. and it took some years to get medical aids to ra raise yeah. their solvency levels to 25%. Yeah. What you are saying now, their solvency levels are much higher. Correct. And that's because of less utilization on medical aids. Absolutely. So one would think in a pandemic, there'll be higher uh, healthcare claims when in effect they were less. And the reason was simply because people did not go for elective procedures. So what we now have is a situation where there is increased surpluses. And because people have over two years claimed less, the entire utilization pattern of members have changed. And they're re-evaluating how they uh, are going to go for these electives, when they're going to go, and are they going to really go. And this means completely a different change in how you utilize your medical aid and therefore you need to kind of reevaluate your requirements and your needs for the for the 2022 benefit year. So my question was, are you still able to do that? Because I thought you can only revise at a certain period of time. But before you answer yeah. that question, I just want to put your pin in for a moment. You talked about medical aids having greater surpluses. So a simple question. Why are medical aids reducing their rates? So the only way to uh, give back to members is actually to delay the increase. So that's why you see many of the top schemes have uh, increases mid-year. So people are having an uh, increased holiday and some of them have increases below inflation. So it's the only actual real way that you could give back to members. You can't just kind of reduce the contribution. And so the delayed increase lower uh, than inflation increase is the only way to give back on, on those uh, surpluses to members. Clayton, before you answer the, uh, the question on what you can do in this year, because I said to you, can you do it? 
anything with your medical aid going forward for the year. Yeah. Members that were some, those with savings accounts must have built up very big surpluses in their savings account. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we find that uh, members, let's say three years ago versus now, they have accumulated significant material amounts of money in their savings accounts. And so these members are able to, dependent on the scheme, are able to downgrade, they're able to extract that cash and then upgrade again, uh, let's say May, uh, on the larger scheme of South Africa. And by doing that, they can actually extract that savings, start all over again. And I think it's a, it's a brilliant and a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do that. Give me an example. I mean, have, have you got any examples of people who've built up? Can you, are you talking 50, 100, 150,000? Any idea? Anything 100K, 100,000 plus. Uh, there are some members having 150,000 Rand in their uh, medical savings account. Uh, and of course, if you had downgrade to a hospital plan, your hospital cover would be almost the same, very similar to where you come from. You'd be able to extract that 150,000, invest it in a, a better performing investment vehicle, and then upgrade again to a plan later on in May. Uh, and you'll be in the, on the same situation. And, and that is, I think, a very elegant way to, to get your money out and get a higher interest rate on, on your funds. But Clayton, the medical aid won't give you a check. No. You have to utilize that either to fund it. What can you actually do with your, so I've got a savings account of 100,000. What okay. can I actually do with All it? Right. So if you downgrade to a hospital plan, that means there's no savings component on that plan. So the 150K would be paid out to you four months after the change. So you actually receive it cash. I in actually will receive it at the deposit. Correct, correct. And you can then reinvest it, and then come May, you can upgrade again. So it's really a clever, elegant way to, as I say, to extract your cash. And you can, so coming back to the original question, <laughs> we've gone around the mulberry yeah, bush. Yeah. The original question I asked was, I always was under the impression you had to do everything before the end of the year. Now you're saying you have options during the year to both upgrade or downgrade. Good. Now, remember, we, um, COVID has turned the whole way of things upside down. So there are some schemes that are allowing upgrades during the year. Downgrades are always allowed. And there are some schemes that are not allowing changes. However, some of those do allow an upgrade in a life-changing event within 30 days. So that's an important scenario. So when you ask me, can people make changes? Of course they can. They need to be consulted correctly, of course. A proper needs analysis needs to be done. And when you give the recommendation to the client, you need to understand that even if you downgrade, let's say on a particular medical scheme, and you then have a life-threatening or dreaded disease condition, you can upgrade within 30 days of diagnosis. So you could actually pay less and not be in the scenario where uh, we find people where they, you know, better safe than sorry. I'd rather have more cover than have less cover. That type of arrangement does allow you to migrate. But that sounds unbelievable because why would anyone not have a lower medical aid if they can upgrade? I mean, we talk about selection against the companies. That is total selection against the medical aid. Yeah, so maybe just to perhaps be more clear, uh, Brian. So when we talk about, let's say, Discovery, which is the largest scheme in the country, because the increase is 1 May, which has only happened last year, what would happen now is people are able to make changes 
uh, one made. That doesn't happen every year. That's why I'm saying it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There are other schemes, like FedHealth as an example. They allow people to upgrade during the year upon diagnosis of a dreaded disease. So, you know, it depends on your scheme. There are some schemes like Momentum. Those uh, members are having a payment holiday until September. You know, so, you know, there are really a lot of changes taking place in the market. It's not like we know it before. You know, if you ask me, I'd say to you, the medical scheme year-end reviews the entire year now. You know, it's not just you between October and November for changes the following year. Makes your life a little bit easier, doesn't it? I mean, you've got a spread of being able yeah. to do those renewals. But it's absolutely amazing. So I, if someone's in a, a lowest-paying scheme with lower benefits yeah. and they diagnose, for example, with cancer, or they have a heart attack. Yeah. They can actually upgrade their, their membership. Could it? And there's no there's no waiting periods no. or that's only on certain schemes, not all. Right? But of course now let's just say uh, you missed the opportunity in uh, thirty one December to upgrade, let's say on a discovery plan, and your health status changed from now to April. You could then upgrade for one May. Alternatively, if you haven't made changes, like you haven't downgraded and you haven't considered that, you can consider that throughout the year. Um, and so it is important that you can make those changes based on um, the economic environment that you, you, you sketched earlier. And that's the job you do as a healthcare specialist. Absolutely. Have a look at A to Z, where you are, what your savings accounts are, things yeah. like that. Well, I hope uh, our studio will give out your, your email address. But I've got another question for you now, Clayton. He says, how does health cover uh, for a family who only have a hospital plan and a gap cover? compare with a mid-type plan or even a, a, a comprehensive plan? Yeah, so Brian... Because people think GAP has replaced medical aid. No. Uh, let me maybe just put it this way. You know, we've got to understand that uh, between hospital plans, the hospital cover on most instances is 100% unlimited. In all cases, you know, the 27 PMB chronic conditions are covered, 28 now with COVID-19. So irrespective of a hospital plan, a hospital and day-to-day -day plan, your, your typical major medical covers the same, barring, of course, a few sublimits and co-payments. So, you know, the change is really got to do with the day-to-day -day level of cover that you purchase. And so, therefore, when you're on a hospital plan, the big difference or complementary component that gap cover provides is taking your rate of reimbursement up from either 100% to 500 or 600% or 200% to uh, 500 or 600%. The other component is that people think gap cover is hospital benefits only. And that is false. Why? Because gap cover do provide uh, cover for things like MRI, CT scans if you're not hospitalized. So you need to understand some gap covers provide emergency cover in a casualty ward um, or for accidental uh, or illness. So it's important to understand how gap cover can complement your medical aid, but it doesn't replace it, as you say. So to sum it up, what I would say, you know, is that if you have a hospital plan with gap cover, you're possibly better off than having a kind of midterm plan because you wouldn't have catered for your sublimits, co-payments and, and difference in specialist rates. Well, a lot of interesting information from Clayton this evening. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned and we'll be back shortly. <laughs>